Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Angler's Happy Hour podcast. In today's show, we chat with our buddy from up north, Greg Underdahl. We talk about fishing in negative 15 degree weather, keeping your feet warm when you're fishing in the cold, choosing jig trailers, and fishing with a chihuahua. Hope you guys enjoy. But before we go any further, I want to tell you guys that this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Hercules Tires, the official tire of the Angler's Happy Hour podcast. I've personally trusted the Hercules, TerraTrack, AT2, and Power ST2 to get my truck and boat trailer to every event around the country safely for the past two years. These tires are long-lasting, quiet on the road, and most importantly, incredibly reliable. If you're in the market for a new set of truck or trailer tires, head over to HerculesTires.com and see why these tires are such an incredible value. You can also find out more by following Hercules Tires on Facebook or Instagram at Hercules Tires. So we've been teasing a contest here for a couple weeks, and we're finally ready to give it to you guys. Um, what it's going to be is we are giving away a full set of four Hercules trailer tires. They are the Power ST2 trailer tires from Hercules, same ones that I have on my boat. We're going to be giving those away. Um, to play, to enter, what you're going to have to do is go on to any of our platforms. It could be Instagram. It could be the iTunes review section. It could be our new YouTube channel, Angler's Happy Hour. And all you have to do is leave us a question for Q&A. Uh, we love the Q&A. It gives us some fun stuff to talk about and also you know, tells us what you guys are thinking about and wanting to hear about. So all you have to do is go on any of those platforms. It can be iTunes in the reviews, Instagram or Facebook in messages, or on our YouTube channel, watch one of the videos, subscribe, and in the comment section, leave us a question. Make sure that you leave a name with that question because what we'll do is like we've done before, we'll shout you out on air. Um, we're going to give this about two weeks to roll. We'll give you guys an end date. And at that point, we'll shout out the winner on air and it'll be up to that winner to contact us and we will get the set of tires sent to you. So thank you guys for playing. I uh, hope we can have some fun with this, and I uh, hope you guys enjoy the episode. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. We are coming at you on a cold winter Arizona morning. We're in the middle of a nice storm front, and uh, we're all excited about that. It's been dry as a bone out here, and we actually have like a week's worth of irregular weather, so we're we're really enjoying that. Uh, I'm personally kind of taking the week away from the lake um, to heal up some wrist tendonitis, but I know Nick actually for once is the one that's been on the water out of the three. So Nick, let's uh, start with you, dude, and see what's been going on with you lately. Yeah, man. I, uh, I have got out on the water and in true Nick fashion have caught nothing in two trips to the lake. So I feel like lots of value to be added here from my perspective. So, you know, this story is going to involve a lot of shenanigans and snafus and very little about like technical advice on how to catch fish. But all that to say, the boat worked. Batteries were charged. Apparently, you know, every now and then a blind squirrel finds a nut. And uh, I was a nut farmer this week, but uh, <laughs> that doesn't sound right. Yeah. Well, thanks, Rob. Yeah. I uh, I went to Canyon a couple times this week, though, and, uh, you know, I have this weird window of time that uh, um, there's, there's like ebbs and flows of the madness inside of our house, and 
I was able to get out because everyone's back in person school this week. And so I'd, I'd like drop the troops off at school then like scurry home and hook up to the boat. And then it's 45, 50 minute drive to the lake, get, get on the water, fish, have a great time. And then like scurry back to picking up the kids. So I was hitting like that really perfect window of time from like, you know, 1030 AM to 145 PM. You know, I think if you look at all the lunar tables and the uh, farmer's almanacs, they tell you specifically to fish like the middle of the day. That's when they're Uh, biting always dude. the best time. Absolutely. You get to sleep in, you know, you miss the sunrise, nothing ever good (laughs) happens at the sunrise or the sunset and fishing. And you really want to be there at like high sun. Although in the winter, there might be some truth to that, but it doesn't bode well. And, uh, I caught swim bait fever again, man. There's just something, you know, I got my flat bill hats out and I've been wearing my white sunglasses with like the blue mirror lenses on them and skinny you know, jeans, I, girl uh, pants, it's all I wear, either joggers and vans one day, you know, like some skinny Levi's the next day. I have like a skateboarding sweatshirt that I wear when I'm out there. Nice. Skater die. Is that what it says? It, it does. Yeah. And I haven't died yet. So clearly yeah. I'm a hell of a skateboarder or thrasher next week i'm gonna break okay. the thrasher out next week yep right. yep and i've got like blink 182 maxed out on the volume of the speakers in my suburban you can't hear it though because the exhaust is too loud <laughs> but if you could hear it you know i've got like some 41 playing uh, oh my goodness i wonder how many people we've offended so far i'm going for it dude i'm yes. gonna just keep it going <clears throat> because then you know the the only person who's allowed to go on these non-fish catching like I feel almost like Buddhist out there because the beauty of the middle of the lake or the middle of the week trip to the lake is that it's and especially in the wintertime. Like I went on a Wednesday, there was not one truck and trailer in the parking lot. That's that's amazing. You that's just don't mainly, get that these days. Well, mainly because nobody's caught a bass out of Canyon for six months, but <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's all six good. Years. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, I felt like hitting like the Lotus pose on my empty boat trailer for a second and appreciation of like, it's all mine. And dude, so I bring my little chihuahua along and like, we have a great time. We eat like lunch meat together and like we just share deep conversations about how life went so far wrong for me. You know, I had a good, like in my early twenties, it was like one trajectory and now like that trajectory is fizzled and here I am doing the thing. But, and all of that to say, I did have one bite and uh, I didn't catch it and uh tell me okay heart. well and this is significant because i didn't hear about this bite i don't get to tell you all the juice before we start recording man i gotta right. have one trick up my sleeve well, yeah tell me about the bite well i uh in in my own true planning in capabilities my swim bait stock is terrible and the only huddle stand that I, you know it was blowing and i i only throw topwater swim baits I, if i'm gonna catch nothing i want to at least watch you know a 10 inch plug zigzagging back and forth and it was blowing so much that i had to fish subsurface and so the only huddleston i could find was like a rate of fall 0.5 so like i was trying to fish it off of a point in 30 feet of water i'd have to count to like six thousand before it finally ever oh got that's to the no bottom. bueno yeah it's just a lot of time for soul searching but uh i got i got hammered coming through a, a habitat and i set the hook and i i had i had a fish on for probably like I don't know, 45 seconds. And it was so glorious because like, you know, I swung hard and like the rod loaded up and my dog is just like passed out with her legs in the air. You know, she's done. Nothing's happening. She starts out really excited. And then she realizes that nothing's going to happen. So like everyone else, she just 
takes a nap. So I'm like, Roxy, Roxy, I got to Try to wake up your dog. That's hilarious. She needs someone to prove this too. That is so funny. I don't have a GoPro. If I had a GoPro, I could be like, YOLO. Roxy saw it, I swear. Yeah, right? So she like springs her all four legs, dude. And she's like on the bow of the boat with me and she can sense something good's going to happen. And uh, freaking, I don't know, dude, just, I was, you know, pressure could feel them coming up and then it just came unbuttoned and I melted to the, the bow of the boat and I just cried myself in the fetal position for a little while, knowing that that was probably the last bite I'll get now for like four weeks. But it, uh, it was enough to go spend $300 on swim baits yesterday. I'll tell you that. So I, <laughs> I go, uh, nice. I'm, I'm pre-spending my stimulus check. You know, I'm really optimistic. I'm hearing all these rumors of like 600 to three grand in my head. That's a whole lot of swim baits for three grand. Like that's going to go far for me. I love all the degenerate fishermen, us included. Like literally it's, that is purely fishing money. I mean, and it's some people really need it for sure because they've had some really bad luck, and we're not making light of that. But like, all of the anglers that 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 we're around, you know, that that don't necessarily need that. That is pure fishing money. And sad to say, dude, there's probably some that need it and are still going to spend it on fishing yeah, hey, stuff, right? I think yeah. the United States of America is founded on less than sound financial practices. So I feel like a patriot doing that. <laughs> i've got a buddy that sells optics like hunting optics binos and spotting scopes and stuff and like dude ever since the stimulus is stimulus checks have been coming out he's absolutely sales are through the it. roof yeah. yeah i mean a solid pair of binos is like two grand so guys yeah. are like <laughs> that helps you justify a big item like that you know i a, guess i guess you get a little yeah. mailbox money and you get that like that sensation of you know like you just got a little money in your pocket there's awesome memes in the car enthusiast community where it's like you've now received two stimulus stimulus checks and totaling like whatever those first two were like 1800 bucks or something and your car project is still on jack stands and you're, you've been quarantined right so you've been at home you've got all these checks and your car still on jack stands like what's your excuse <laughs> there's a fishing <laughs> applicability right there too 100 percent. well dude i'm glad that you got out that's cool i mean those trips are special and hey i mean yeah. we we rarely talk about swim bait fishing on the podcast but we've all done it you know i used to do it for fun all the time back in the day and we're not experts in that matter. So no. like if there are any hardcore swim bait anglers out there punching their steering wheel right now for, for our uh, technique in the swim bait game, we apologize. But uh, you know, we've done it enough to, to have, we've had some success on our lakes around here with it. And it's just, it's something that, that is fun to go do. And like that anticipation of, of the bite when you're throwing a big bait like that. And, and when you do finally connect with what you just described, dude, there's there's almost nothing like it in fishing. Like it is very special because you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a toad, you know, it's so disappointing to catch. I mean, I, you know, I've caught some like three pounders dude on a eight inch huddle stand or something like that. And it is so disappointing to catch a three pounder because like 90% of the time it's, it's over five and, and potentially well over five. I was going to make a joke. Probably what I did was like foul hook a two and a half pounder coming out of there. And that was the only reason why it stayed buttoned up for like six seconds. Cause the hook was just dragging through the side of it. But yeah, that's a, that is kind of like one of the biggest letdowns ever when you catch a regular sized fish on that. Dude, I caught one under three on uh, the first depths two fifty fish I ever caught. I think that's a 10 inch bait, yeah. right? Is it 10 inch bait? Either way, it's a uh, big the bait. Same guy punching the steering wheel is probably correcting this. I don't know. 
Oh yeah. But it was a, it was like a skinny two and a half pounder. I couldn't <laughs> believe it, dude. It was so such a bummer. Dude, I uh this is this is just more stupid silly stuff that I noticed because it felt so good to be on the water. But they uh they've actually made the the dock there at um Palo Verde pretty nice. The last time I'd been to Canyon, that thing was, you know, scary to tie up to. And uh there's one it was so funny man there's one screw with a washer that doesn't have a rubber you know the rubber bump rail has just kind of sagged off i'll be damned if i didn't find that one freaking washer and the whole beautiful new dock one of them and you can't see it dude it's a little washer with a screw i just heard like a like the classic fiberglass crunch sound i was like and i didn't even come in hot to the dock like i was just slowly drifting you know daydreaming i looked dude it, it just boogered my boat up something nice. fierce i was like i've caught nothing now i'm late to pick up my kids and i put it up but i will tell you too there's nothing more impressive than going through the parent pickup traffic line with a with a 20 foot bass boat behind your rig as you're like maneuvering through the cones <laughs> it was like a parking test like trying to go through the slalom of all the cones and it uh i felt like a big deal you know honestly that was probably my biggest ego boost of the week you are you should get your name written on your motor in cursive yeah so they know it's mcmurray <laughs> that's right they need to know <laughs> uh how about you rob how's the house coming along man you sent us some pretty good pictures the other day yeah it's coming along just uh every day is i don't know it's it's so hard to get stuff done nowadays like we had countertops come for the master bathroom and one side is good the photos that i sent you the other side uh they in their fab shop, they cut them an inch too short and they had to go back. So now they got to go back and redo it. And it's funny too, cause uh, the, my contact at this fabricator has been awesome. And uh, this takes place on Friday and the first time, so I called him after this took place after the, the installers left. And that was the first time he snubbed me and didn't answer a phone call. So who knows? Uh, hopefully Monday I'll, we'll see what I'm sure he just didn't have any answers, but it's uh you still got to take that phone call though man in my line totally. of work i've taken take it on tons the of ugly phone yeah. calls and you just yeah. and you know what dude it's an opportunity to like really develop a good relationship with yeah. a client when you're well, with hopefully that's all it was we have an entire kitchen that needs to be done too so <laughs> exactly. this is kind of a test but um yeah so and i wasn't even upset i just want to know how they want to deal with this situation you know we've got mm -hmm. plenty of time in there dude, he's probably playing they, golf He's probably playing golf. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't so. be bothered. Yeah. No, I'm just impressed with the high end um, fishing rods behind you there, Nick. You like this? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. You got. Yeah. For, for the folks that, well, I guess everyone's listening since we haven't posted any of these on YouTube, <laughs> like we said we would, but maybe this one will get on YouTube. But if you're not, Nick's got all, all of his uh, kids' Disney fishing rods. I think I see four or five of them. And then his legit rods. Behind he blames the, it on his that. kids. Yeah, well, you know, it was hard to get that fish out of the habitats. I was using the car's rod and it did, I, you know, I figured it was a little more masculine because it had lightning McQueen on it. You could get a little more lift, but you know, maybe that was part of the problem. That's great. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. I, Josh, dude, I'm telling you, I, I was the jealous one of you getting on the water this week, man. I've been, I have, I've got to get ready to seriously start tournament fishing again in, in about two weeks. And at this time I'd like to be on the water just, just literally just fishing getting into the groove but i've been dealing with tendonitis and what's really interesting about this is uh 
I get it seems this is my second year in a row I've really dealt with this I've dealt with it in both wrists but like it hits me in the off season when I'm not using it that much that's what's really weird is like I've, I get some real bad tennis elbow in the in during the season but the tendonitis has hit me when I'm not using when I'm not fishing that much so it's it's been pretty interesting and uh like it I I just put my uh my wrist in it like a brace for like a week and did almost nothing but just but that and it's almost like it got so stiff from just being in the brace uh, that it made it like it got worse so i've been really trying to do some like uh i've been icing it physical therapy exercises and stuff and i'm actually seeing an improvement from that so knock on wood uh that'll work but you know i i got a shot last year in my left wrist and that helped but i'd, I'd rather not have to do that again is Hopefully that a cortisone be. shot I think is that so. what you yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. I don't think people realize how many fishermen deal with those type of, I guess, injuries. I mean, it's uh, that wear and tear, right? Oh, dude, it's terrible. You, our bodies weren't built to do that stuff over and over and over. But I'm such a terrible friend, Josh. I do have like it sucks that you're going through that. When you said tendonitis, <clears throat> for some reason, the only thought I could think of, you know, who Sweet Honey Brown was from back in the day. The, you know, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. Do you remember that? And then she said, <laughs> I don't think so. I got bronchitis. I'm gonna make <laughs> okay, a meme okay. and I'll send it to you. And yeah, I was like, yeah. I, oh I no, I know face. who you're talking about. Yeah, oh she's yeah. Got, like I got tendonitis. <laughs> I got the tendonitis. <laughs> <laughs> what a so dick. bad, dude. I know. I feel I couldn't stop smiling. I was like, you're saying this sad thing, and I'm smiling. It's like this is. This is going to end poorly. But. Well, and hey, I'm sitting here complaining. Rob's like, at least you can feel your hand, dude. I can't <laughs> even feel my hand. So Rob, Rob's dealing with much worse injury than me. So, and I'm just, yeah, I'm but just, I don't have, I don't have a big tournament schedule ahead of me either, though. That's, Rob makes his money on his face and his voice, so he can true. have hands that don't right, work. Right, right. True. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So hopefully it gets better. I can, I can feel it getting better. I talked, I was talking to Mike McClellan the other day, and he's been, I mean. He's Rob's age. He's been doing this, you know, his entire life. And, and just like you said, I mean, every single dude deals with, with these types of things. They're not, they're not horrible things, but like he, you know, he, he's the one that had suggested the physical therapy type stuff. And uh, you know, it, it seems like it is, it is helping, man. Like if you just leave it completely dormant in a brace like that, you think you're resting it, but man, like they want some movement, huh? It was what do you do worse. for physical therapy? What's that? What do you do for physical therapy? Do you have one of those green noodle things? Have you seen those? <laughs> I, no. They're hilarious. I, like, I say physical therapy. Okay. But there's talk to Alex about it. He'll he'll uh, turn you on to it. It's just you order it on Amazon. But so I ordered one Are when you I being started. Are you real right now? Totally real. Totally real. Anyhow, I ordered one. And it's sitting like in the house and Boyd comes over and he's dying laughing. He's like, what? <laughs> he knew what it was. Cause when he goes to work out at the gym, uh, it's like a physical therapy place also. And there's all these older dudes like waving this big green. <laughs> Dude, you're, I, you expect you're me to be politically guys. correct on this family podcast. And then you're serving me up wrist exercises. And I know green noodles. You, like we need to just, I, I'm awesome. going to unplug Let's and go on. take care of my kids next. Uh, okay. So we've got some Q and a to get into the fishing here. We've got, uh, Jake Munoz who, uh, plays baseball. It, uh, it plays college baseball in Northern California. Uh, appreciate you sending the question in dude. And, uh, thanks for listening. Um, he is curious on swim jig trailers, how to 
pick it like how to pick the right one under what circumstances do you use what swim jig trailer and uh, we'll take it a step farther and we'll kind of just go into all types of jig trailers just because it's pretty appropriate this time of year um and they're all going to be they're trailers that, that that work on all types of jigs but every type of jig fishing is different whether it's a swim jig whether it's a flipping jig uh, a casting jig or a football jig so do you off the top of your head uh rob do you have a favorite swim jig trailer dude uh recently probably just a chigger craw um back in the day it was always a yamamoto twin tail i mean that's what i put on a lot of even flipping jigs and stuff it was just uh those are universal it, yeah they're yeah. very universal and the color range is so i mean you can they had so many different colors um you know it would fit whatever situation you were doing uh obviously before that i mean I don't know how much you guys have used it, but pork. I mean, pork was one of my absolute favorites, and it's just—it's kind of went on a away. Swim jig as well. You throw pork. Oh, are you talking on a swim jig only? Yeah. yeah. My bad. Well, I guess I shouldn't have. I should have listened better. My bad. My bad. Well, yeah, so, but you're life. saying just jigs in general because they are universal. The, yeah, those my, two that you had mentioned before are for sure. Yeah. Yeah. My bad. I. I just. I guess I need to listen to the question better. But yeah, swim I think jig. Dude, ask better questions. My. Uh, I mean, my experience with a swim jig is really limited, but yeah, chigger crop generally is what I use. Um, so yeah, that's cool. what, yeah. yeah, you're probably yeah. better off answering so, this question, Josh. Yeah. I've done, I, well, I've done a lot of sw swim jig fishing back East and, and, and I do out here as well, but like, uh, all of what you like the Chager Craw is actually a really good swim jig trailer, man. The way, you know, when you swim it through the water, you know, those two legs are flapping and, uh, and, and it's, it's a great action. Um, twin tails for sure as well. Uh, one, one thing I use a lot on a swim jig is an actual swim bait, you know, like a, a four or five inch swim bait. I'll cut off. If I'm throwing a five inch, I'll cut off like a half inch or something like that. And, um, just like a, a paddle a tail. Bait. Like a, a paddle, paddle tail, tail swim bait. Yeah, exactly. Bait. Like a Berkeley okay. grass pig or something like yep. that. Um, I would say that's probably the most common. A lot of it depends on what you're trying to imitate. Like uh, if I'm I was throwing white, yeah. Like if I'm throwing white and I'm trying to imitate shad, uh, almost I'd say, I'd say 75% of the time it's a, it's a swim bait trailer. Um, especially when it's a, yeah, yeah, I would just say 75% of the time. I will go to like a, a swimming grub type trailer. Like I've got, um, they came out last year, a Berkeley Chigger Bug in it. The body of the bait is the same as your Chigger Craw, but it's got swimming tails rather than the, the, uh, the flat tails that the uh, Chigger Craw has. And that is a dynamite swim jig trailer. It's, it's only like three and a half inches long. So it's not going to stick out quite as far back as like a, a actual swim bait but um it it looks just like a tail swimming like it mm. they those little legs stick out just far enough back behind the body of the bait where it looks like a tail so like to me if i'm trying to imitate like a gizzard shad or a bigger bait fish the swim bait is sweet because it it's just a bigger longer bait um but if you're More trying to imitate out. something like a bluegill like this spring I got on it down in Florida when we were at Okeechobee. I was throwing like a bluegill colored swim jig. And um, the body of that swim jig with just the skirt, it's, it's very bulky. And then just with that little bit 
of tail sticking back behind it. It was the perfect bluegill package. It was the perfect profile of a bluegill, um, short and compact, but still had that nice flowing action. Action. So, um, you know what you're trying to imitate is gonna is gonna play big too in that, right? So, like a bluegill or a tilapia or something like that, maybe a little bit of a shorter. Seriously, look into that chigger bug if you if you're if you're doing that. If if it's a shad or a bigger bait fish, uh, a swim bait is a great option. And and sometimes the fish aren't that picky as long as it's something that that looks natural in the water. Um, you know they're they're gonna bite it. But go, you got a question, Nick? Yeah, man. So does the a couple of things pop in my head and one of them is so this would probably apply to like vibrating jigs too right like if you were going to throw you know a chatterbait or something these like the the chig what the chigger bug is that the newer one yeah, you're talking yeah. about like same same concept <laughs> right the added vibration of the bladed jig doesn't change anything it kind of you know it kind of does like for me because then you have like too much almost it's almost like too much action going on that's probably it like on a vibrating jig I really uh, don't like a lot of, a ton of action on the trailer. Like the, mm-hmm. the jig itself, the, the, the head and the blade are doing so much that I like uh-huh. a trailer that's compact and has minimal action and it nice tight action. So the straight tail trailers and stuff like that are my favorite. Like it's, it's counterintuitive. Like if you put like a big paddle tail swim bait on the back of a vibrating jig, the head of that thing is going and then the, t- <laughs> the tail back behind is going don't, don't, don't don't you know it it just doesn't look it doesn't natural because one thing's uh-huh. moving real fast and one thing's moving <laughs> slow so uh looks like me on the dance floor <laughs> yeah, i won't even get on the dance floor I, i'm sure you're better than me man <laughs> and then my uh, second question is going to be to you um i remember a thousand years ago uh when you were kind of teaching me these things there was a lake fork magic shad do you ever still throw those things those like multi-jointed soft plastic swim baits behind anything or did those kind of go the way of the dodo just you know any straight tailed trailer dude for me on the on the vibrating jig any there you know every brand pretty much makes one now and um you know it's i'm not super super picky on which specific one i'm throwing i just don't want I really, and guys catch them with this, with a paddle tail trailer on a, on a vibrating jig, but not me. I like a straight tail. Mm-hmm. Bait for that makes sure. sense. Yeah. I think that it was it the ma- magic shad you said, Nick. Yeah. That one. Yeah. I think that was like the OG of that style of bait, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is that, that right, was one Josh, of the first or? ones that guys were throwing for sure. hundred yeah. yeah. percent, man. Yeah. Um, so that is a good question. And then yet transitioning to other types of jigs, like, uh, the flipping jig and football jig it's kind of i mean that is kind of universal like what rob you were talking about there dude those those work on all of them the pork thing it's kind of interesting because like you can't really get the pork anymore but max scent now is like i'm going to sound like a berkeley commercial but it's the closest <laughs> thing to pork there True. is dude yeah and it's 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 got the it's got the texture it's got the taste it's got the scent um to me it's a it's a perfect replacement how do you know about the taste guy. josh <laughs> I say well, when that, he scrambles I say eggs in the morning okay. <laughs> he yeah. likes to drip a little max scent on him it's like bacon oh you know i've tasted it just to having it on my hand so much but um <laughs> yeah I, I i can take taste out of that but you know what i'm saying man. i'm it's just got that i'm just making scent, fun dude. right it's a perfect replacement <clears throat> for for pork why did pork go away? Is there like a, a pork shortage or something? Or is it just frowned upon? Do you know, Rob? 
I think that I, I think the fishermen yeah. have just went away from it because of convenience. I mean, think about a bait that you always have to keep wet. You're running, you know, you're running down the lake an hour down the lake and you get up to flip your jig and your pork's all shriveled up on your jig. It's gone and you can't get it off. You need right. scissors to get it off at that point because you couldn't so get it nasty. over the bar, man. Yes. Yes. Oh, it's man. not like you can revive them either. You know, they're just, yeah. when they're dead, they're dead. Once it's so. short and shriveled, it's over like that. Yes. <laughs> Nick is just dying over there. Oh, all podcast long. Uh, it, it would be terrible too. Like you'd have like, you'd be, fl- you'd be, you know, fishing <clears throat> and you're on the water and you're like, this is an opportunity. This is a, a pork situation, right? So you tie your jig on and you're like, I know I got one or two jars of the right color. And you open the jar up and the jar had like cracked or you didn't put the lid on right. So it was yeah. all, it, so there's no juice in there and all your pork shriveled up. Those are- <laughs> did you ever, did you ever have pork savers? No, Josh? what's that? It was no. a little like, um, foam thing that would what is going on nick you're I'm breathing okay i'm coming back tell me about your pork savers i feel like this is a snack or something no it would go over your rod it had velcro and it was just a little pouch and you'd wet it you'd put it in the water and then you'd put it over your pork in the morning when you'd no run kidding. to your first spot yeah that's cool yeah. that's clever did you did yeah. you do that yeah one time and then I, I i dude i was terrible i would just like like hang it over the side or whatever and just or throw it in the live well as i was running down the lane that's a good instead. move but, but what a what a pain right so like oh totally yeah, that's, that's, it's, it's, it's a million it's, times better than that it's that's just, why i think every i think it's went away just because of the convenience of and the variety of the new plastic trailers the scents in them just it goes on and on and on yeah. to where yeah, suffice to say that uh, has been replaced with far better technology. Makes sense. Yeah, but it was phenomenal. I mean, in the wintertime, I mean, you'd go out and get just a couple bites on it, but they'd always be big, you know? It was it was one of those magical roots. things. Yeah, but... I can just picture, you, you can picture your bait falling with that pour. Like, you, you'd have a jig with a regular trailer, and that thing would fall a foot a second, and you'd put that big chunk of pork on there, dude, and you could just see it just slipping <laughs> into the water on your flip, and just that slow tantalizing just drift on down. It was, like it a, was a beautiful ball. thing. Also, but, uh, nothing sounded cooler than going in and at a tournament. So, yeah, we caught them on pig and jig. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't no jig doubt. and pig. It was pig and jig. Whatever, jig and pig. Pig Okay, so you had some you had some creative license on how you wanted to how you can say it it however you want. All right, good. However you want. I like it. Um well poor Mr. Munoz is like this went so far off the rails, he probably got nothing of value from any of this. He asked about swim jigs and uh we talked (laughs) about about pork for that long, which you can't even (laughs) get anymore. But um I'm trying to think of what you know, other stuff I'm missing it. You know, just something some, something that looks looks like it's it's got the right profile on your bait. You know, it's it 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 doesn't have to be too crazy. Like if they're if they're on a shad spawn, and um, another factor too is like what what kind of cover you're fishing it around. Like when you throw it with a, I, I will say you're a little bit more likely to hang that jig up throwing it with a uh, swim bait than you are with a craw trailer because that swim bait it is going to give the bait a natural kind of rocking listing motion a lot of times because that's what that swim bait wants to do in general. So like your hook is going left, right, left, right. And you're fishing it around a lot of wood. Um, you're gonna, you're gonna sag a little bit more. Now, if you're throwing a craw trailer, 
that both tails are kicking and, and your bait is coming through the water perfectly on plane straight. So it's going to come through cover better with, uh, with that type of deal. A hundred percent on that. What, uh, what swim jigs do you like, Josh? I mean, is this you know, a chance to plug your, yeah. your people? Well, no, that's cool. Yeah. Idea. Well, Berkeley doesn't make any, uh, right now, man. And I, you know, I use quite a few dirty jigs makes a good one. Um, uh, one thing I pay a lot of attention to, same thing is like, is the, they're all cone shaped heads, right? So they all swim good. The profile of the skirt and then the, the uh, thickness of the hook wire is really important. That's something that you need to match up to where you're fishing. Like when I go fish in Florida or South Texas with a swim jig, uh, even, you know, out here, if you're doing it on the California Delta or, you know, even some of our lakes like Saguaro, um, fishing around Tule's and stuff, it, you want a really heavy gauge hook because you're fishing it with braid. So you want a gaff of a hook. Um, when you go up north and, and fish them up north and, and you're fishing around two to four pounders instead of, you know, potentially tying into a seven pounder, uh, you're fishing on edges of docks or, or not, maybe not the heaviest cover, clear water. It's more of a finesse swim jig that Tom Monsoor type swim jig with a little lighter wire hook so you want to match that up you match the hook up to the rod that you're fishing you know if you're throwing braid it can't be a light wire hook or you'll you'll bend it out on a hook set or something like that and uh, same thing if you're throwing that big giant florida style swim jig up north it's a uh, it's overkill yep mm -hmm. yep for sure and what pound braid will you throw it on 50 cast better than 65 and so i like 50 a lot you know it's occasionally like at okeechobee i threw it on 65 um, if you're fishing around hay grass and stuff like that last year, but, uh, and then uh, 50 is good. The lighter setup, you said fluorocarbon. Yeah. Like 15 pound fluorocarbon. Okay. So like that heavy, heavy deal, I'm throwing it in like a seven, three heavy action rod, something yep. that there's no give, man. They set mm -hmm. the hook and it's almost a, you know, it's a like you set cube. the hook, like you're flipping and you winch them in. And, mm -hmm. uh, that lighter setup, it's like a seven foot medium heavy with 15 pound fluorocarbon. And it's, uh, it's like a chatterbait, right? Like yeah. it's that type mm -hmm. of hook set and, and fight back to the boat. It's a I good way to catch fish, man. It really is. And it's kind of a year round thing. Um, not quite as popular in the winter time, but as soon as the fish get up around their beds, it's a, it's a nice alternative to uh, vibrating jig or spinner bait when the fish are a little more weary and you can put it in some really tight places. Like uh, we just had, it just aired last week, that cup tournament. We couldn't really talk about it on the air. Uh, when it happened, I went to it in, you guys remember September in Wisconsin? It's uh -huh. the one where I hit the big barrel with my truck as I pulled into town. Yeah. Um, tell us more about that tournament since we didn't, so, so that's finally went, aired. It aired yesterday, that first day okay. of fishing and I caught them all on a swim jig under docks. And, uh, it was kind of cool because I was, I was throwing a rocket craw for a trailer, um, from Berkeley. So just, it was that finesse swim jig, a Northern type swim jig. And I was, skipping it under docks and like that's another thing too your trailer if you're trying to skip your jig your trailer can make a big difference too if you have the right trailer that has the right surface area on it and it's flat you can skip it really well so like mm -hmm. that's something like if you're throwing a big old swim bait on the back of that thing it's not going to skip that well but the flat surface of that rocket craw made it pretty easy to get back under the docks and that's how i caught them all man like you could you could fish those docks anyway you could throw a, a, a weightless worm under them or you could flip them but those fish were so aggressive up there in that clear water that you could stay far back far away 
skipping under there, swimming through. And, and uh, it was, I mean, it was a dynamite way to catch them. I had a good day that first day doing that. Were they all largemouth? It was a mix. What's funny, so we got put on this lake that uh, we couldn't pre-fish no or idea. anything. We don't know anything about it. It's a mystery lake. Dude, the first three fish I catch were smallies. Doing this, and, and so I'm like, whoa, this place doesn't have many largemouth. This is crazy. I'm catching, and when you catch smallmouth in places like that, like in yep. a largemouth place, it tells you like, hey, this is predominant. Like this is what, this is smallmouth. Like, what you're going to catch. Crazy, huh? you know? So I'm like all fired up. And then I ended up catching like 15 straight largemouth after that and never caught another smallie. So I must've just been in a certain little section of the lake that had smallies. But the first one I caught was like a three and a half pound smallie. I was like, sweet, you know, and then the next two were smallies and then uh, never caught another one all day. And those smallies were under docks. Yeah. Yeah. Like three docks in a row, dude. I skipped (laughs) up under and and caught them. It was in one of them that the first big one, dude, I think I remember it right. And people that, if anyone watched, they 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 uh, probably know better than me. I've already forgot the details, but dude, I think I had missed it like three times in a row. I skip under there, <laughs> and it takes my claws. Dang it! You know, I I put another one on. It takes my claws, and I'm getting pissed because I had actually fallen behind. We're 45 minutes into the day, and I don't have one yet. And like, I'm like, it must be a rat. And. uh on like the fourth time, dude, at catching it was like a three and a half. So no oh, funny how a big fish like that can still just barely nip, nip at, at it. your bait. Yeah, that's why you always have to throw back right until it's, it stops biting. <laughs> so, where were you after that first day? What place were you in? I think I ended the day in like third. I held the lead yeah. for like I got into the lead at like the beginning of the second period. And I <laughs> held it until like the middle of the third period, and then it had slowed back down and Hackney won the day um uh, but it was just a good day of fishing and that was the that was the way of catching them man like they were biting that thing and i, I threw it all day long it's all all i threw i caught um you know it was i think we were on lake winnicani and uh i think i had second big fish of the day doing that too i had like a four and a half pound largemouth and it totally caught me by surprise i swung it into the boat not expecting it was <laughs> gonna be that big and, and it, it was it was it was just a, a fun day for sure that's cool yeah. Is there a way to go back and watch that? It'll Is re-air it? on Outdoor Channel um, a few times, but yeah, you can actually see it on My Outdoor TV. Also, it's an app that you can pay like okay. four bucks a month or something like that, maybe seven that's- bucks a month and watch them. That's been my challenge for MLF is like, I've got Hulu and I'm always trying to like record or like find them in the DVR section. And I didn't even know that thing had aired. So thanks for letting me yeah. know. I have something to watch. There's so, that's it. There's so much of it that like it's hard to catch the right episode right because like if the the bass pro tour events are on discovery but the cups are on outdoor channel and i think sportsman's channel uh but there's so many if you're trying to catch a specific episode like you got to really like search it out tv's just awkward right now too i'm sure in the coming years they'll iron that out but everything is on different platforms and it's hard to find like i it'll all straighten out at some point but that's a that's my gripe for the day it's too hard to watch tv I hear you. Well, hey, uh, we've got an awesome guest today. I think we're going a little bit long on our intro, but um, to introduce our guest, we we spoke with him in October. It was uh, it was a great episode. We talked about scent, talked about you um, fishing on TV because uh, he's actually one of the cameramen for MLF, and he's done a he's done a ton of stuff just over his career on the media side in fishing. He's got his own show now um greg underdahl is his name i'm sure a lot of you remember his episode but i had a great time talking to him um 
just, it was early in the morning, but we still got a little bit silly as usual. And anything else before we swing it over to him, guys? No, I think no. Uh, I think it was good week. And uh, Josh, when do you blast out? Are you one more week here in the Valley before you head out of town? Yeah, yeah. So we'll uh, continue doing this remotely on the road, but I've got one more week at home. Um, in our intro, I talked a little bit about uh, – a little bit more about the apparel we've got going. And then uh, finally we're going to, we're going to announce this contest. So uh, we've been teasing this for like three weeks and just didn't get our butts in gear. So you guys <laughs> will hear more about that contest. Make sure you play and uh, yeah. Hope you guys enjoy the interview with Greg. All right. Good morning guys, Greg. I see you've got your orange juice, your, uh, your signature morning drink, dude. What's oh. going on with you, man? Well, yeah, orange juice, it's, uh, I, I unfortunately don't like coffee, so I don't like mornings, and, you know, so like, I, I, but I do love orange juice, so that's what I have in the morning, and it, it's just kind of like a security blanket, it doesn't really do anything, it just tastes good. We need to that's verify that's not a screwdriver, Greg. It, it's it really not, no, 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 or? no, I'm not, I'm not, I don't prescribe to that idea that, you know, in order to feel better in the morning, if you've got a hangover is to drink more. I've never gone down that road. I think that's BS. Well, that might just be one of the signs that you're an alcoholic. So it's probably good you avoid that. Yeah, exactly. That's (laughs) definitely a sign. No, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Thanks for asking me on uh, today. Heck yeah. Hey, this is the second You're. I think you're maybe the second or third repeat uh, guest that we've had. And uh, we had you on in, in short order. Like, uh, I think the last time we chatted was October. Here we are three months ahead. And, uh, dude, this is basically – we're just trying to give you stuff to do, man, because we know that you live in Minnesota. We know what it's like out there right now. And yeah. uh, we're, we're These just are the to... doldrums for me, even, like, even work, you know, wise. So, you know, I, I've yeah, I'm kind of twiddling my fingers a bit. So, yeah, anything you could do to help me kind of, you know – get through the winter i appreciate it heck yeah what i mean what do you do during the winter man i know no uh, i mean how how do you stay busy so it's what i you know um as you guys know or i i'm a freelance videographer so in the winter time i and and what i do uh one of my big gigs is is uh filming for major league fishing so whenever they're you know the season's kind of done for major league fishing and i'm in some respects kind of done as well there's some things that could pop up but so fishing fishing wise uh the main things that i do in the winter is i fish for smallmouth bass uh on the uh upper mississippi river up here uh, because we have a nuclear power plant that keeps a stretch of it open all year long so even when all the other rivers around are frozen this this stays open you know uh so i do that uh, for smallmouth out of my kayak and then um, ice fishing um, I, I it's kind of funny I there's a there's a, a kind of a river system that's dammed it's kind of like a flowage I guess you'd call it it's kind of the term up here but um, they dam this section of river that kind of like flooded all these other lakes and everything connected to everything and um, there's like catfish like tons of catfish in the system. It's called the horseshoe chain of lakes. And so I ice fish that system. So I'm, and I, I ice fish for catfish. That's kind of no a thing, way. thing that I love doing <laughs> That's yeah, crazy. in the winter time. Yeah. I'm interested in the smallies dude. And we'll talk about that. But <laughs> yeah, really, yeah, of course what, you are. I'm not surprised by that. What? <laughs> How many guys ice fish, ice fish for catfish? Are you uh, unique there or it's is not it many. popular? 
there's not you know i know of like a handful a handful of places where you can do it you know i I know there's i can't really sit there's one place i I don't know that many people know about so i gotta be careful keep it on the down low well yeah there's there's one and they've got bigger catfish the ones that the place that i go to it's got like it's almost like they're stunted there's so many of them you know yeah yeah so they don't get you don't get a lot of like fish over i'd even say there's not a lot of fish over like six pounds that you catch you know you're catching a lot of fish between three and four pounds are they channel catfish channel cats yeah and so but it's just that's i mean that's what i i like to do you know um and it's really kind of like walleye fishing you know you 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 use like just a you can use just like a regular spoon with a minnow head you know and you drop it down there i mean that's the that's a whole i mean if you guys have you guys ever ice fished before i have I a have little bit minimal yeah yeah very little yeah i mean it's a whole different world you know so there's all kinds of different lures i mean if the ice fishing has really gotten more and more popular you know and and the lures have gotten really specific and really detailed like the lures and bass fishing so it's, it's really it's a whole nother world you can get into but it's kind of cool but you can use all kinds of different lures but you the big thing when you're when you're uh ice fishing for channel catfish you got to have a minnow head on there and that's what seals the deal like the lure can attract them you know but when they come in to investigate it if there's not a minnow head on there they won't eat it so you know that's 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 what i do in the winter really yeah interesting I thought you were going to say you drop shot at a bar S hot dog. I'm surprised that it got more advanced beyond that. That's pro- bonus points. Do you guys eat them? Um, I, I, I'm typically not like a, a fish eater, you know, like I'm, mm-hmm. I, I didn't get into fishing to like eat fish. I'm like in, you know, for the sport, but are you a vegan? There. What's that? Are you a vegan? <laughs> no, oh, no, okay. I'm not a vegan. No, no. Sorry, we no. had vegan jokes on the last podcast. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm I'm not a vegan, so I guess you can't you can still make fun of me, but I guess <laughs> Don't worry, we will. Yeah, make fun of me about that. <laughs> That's well. cool. Dude, how many bass have you caught through the ice? Like have you, do you have you ever gone out and targeted them and, and how rare is that? They're not they're you know, like they're not easy to catch through the ice. I mean, they get so they're they're much um as far as other game fish you know like walleyes they they're really pretty active um like those channel cats are actually they pretty bite active. Fine. yeah i mean they're you know they bite pretty aggressively that's inner i wouldn't expect them to be a cold water fish because they bite so <laughs> good when the water's warm like they bite all the all temps yeah they're they're they really they they bite very well through the ice as well oh. as any you know typical ice fishing species you know mm. like walleyes or something or or panfish but bass are like bass just yeah they fight yeah the channel cats fight like hell yeah that's got to be epic i mean that's why that's why i like to do it you know i mean i'm not like worried about oh you're not you're not going you know fishing for a glamorous species like walleye you know it's not like you (laughs) see these you know on covers of ice fishing weekly you know (laughs) you know what i mean these big like pictures of guys holding up catfish you know it's always walleyes all the glamour species you well, know? Quick, Dude, silence is my care about that I, I just like the you know i'm all about the fight and if there's a lot of them 
you know, it's like, why, why wouldn't I be over there? You know, just the problem is there's not enough fisheries where you can do it, I guess. You know, there's like, I said, there's probably four, you know, or four or five. Yeah, I got you. In the country. Is there any warm water discharge going into that horseshoe change, Greg? Is that why <laughs> it's going on or are they just doing well, their thing happily ever after? It's so what my understanding is they, some brilliant, but I, I think he's brilliant. I don't know. But some biologist thought that uh, this is my understanding. There's something where they wanted to try to see if they can increase the um, some population of fish in the system, in that system, that horseshoe chain of lakes. And I, I can't remember. The, the idea was to uh, plant channel catfish in there to eat a certain forage that would allow for another fish it was something it was some scheme like that that would it would overall benefit the game fish population if they put channel cats in there and what happened is the channel cats ran everything they they just they kind of just like uh beat the beat you know everybody out in, in the system as far as like other species so they're like the predominant species in there now and so I can't, what was my what was your original question? I feel like I've gone <laughs> like down a road I wasn't expecting to go down. Hey man, catfishing's where it's at on this podcast. I was just curious how they have such a stranglehold in the oh, winter, but it yeah, sounds so like it was, they're just survivors. They're just in that particular system. They've just taken over. And so one of the things about like uh, ice fishing for channel cats is that you you gotta there's got to be enough of them to make it a viable thing. You know, you need to have a really solid population of, of channel cats in a system to be able to ice fish for them. You know Interesting. what I mean? Yeah, and this Greg. particular system is like stunted. There's so many in there. So I've, I have caught, kept fish out of there just for the, the ridiculous attempt to try to take some out of the system to kind of help with a stunting problem. Hey, Greg, so this time of year, are you um, spending a lot of time preparing? We talk to a lot of the MLF guys and their season's about ready to kick off. Do you have preparation yep. that you have to do? Uh, what's are your... you talking about working out or like, no, no I, don't, I don't work no, out just at getting, all. No, just getting ready for the, <laughs> just... for the season. Is there stuff that you do on your end? Um, you know, not, not particularly. I mean, I, you know, they, they send out production books and I would kind of, read through that and get to acquainted again with, you know, my responsibilities with what has, you know, has to happen throughout the day and, you know, what shots and, but I mean, for the most part, I've, it just kind of, I've done this for so long where it just kind of, you know, a lot of times I don't even, I don't even know where I'm going until I get in the car to the airport. Or, you know, nice. I'm like, I think, or sometimes I don't even know what, where I'm going until I, walk up to the kiosk to check in <laughs> holy cow you know like you James just know Bond that you've got a you flight. just know you're going and i know and you that you know the, the time flight. yeah i have to catch the flight and i mean sometimes like i'll need to know to for pack you know packing stuff the day before but but like you kind of get the idea where you're going and and what the weather is going to be like and gotcha. i don't know it's yeah there's i guess <laughs> to your question no there's not much preparation at least for me there might be guys that are yeah they yeah, I, that's I, cool. I don't. Yeah. Cool. Hey, let's uh, let's talk about your new boat, dude. Have you had that thing on the water yet? I know, like when we had you on last time, you were about to get it. You're all pumped yeah. up, and uh, you got it. You posted a picture of it yesterday. I saw, but yeah, has it, has it been in the water? Yeah, it's been in the water four times, 
And have I told you that story, Josh, about like I don't think so. how that all so I was uh I was planning on getting uh I haven't had a boat for like 10 years. You know, I when I went freelance, I, I, I used to work for a production company called Wintercom in Tulsa, Oklahoma, what who later become uh, who later became major league fishing, but that's a long you know, we're gonna have to go down. We don't have to talk about that now. But no, so I I you know, when I lived down there, I had a bass boat. I had a really, you know, awesome bass boat. But when I went freelance, I had to sell it because I didn't want to have this big boat payment. And so um, it had been 10 years until I got to a point like financially comfortable, comfortable where I was like, okay, I'm going to get a boat, you know? And so that year, like 2020 was the year where I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to buy a boat. And then, you know, buy a fishing boat again. But then like COVID hit. I was like, oh, no. And so I'm like, I'm not, there's no way that I'm going to be buying a boat, you know. Like, that's what everyone th thought. Yeah. But that's not what happened. And then two, yeah, and it was the craziest thing. And then like two months later after when, when shoots came back online, you know, um, I was like, well, it's, you know, I might still get a boat, you know, but I still wasn't you know, I kind of knew how my schedule was going to be lined out, but I still was like, I didn't know what COVID, you know, we're going to go in another quarantine again. Is the thing's going to be shut down? So it's still kind of, but later as we got closer to fall, I'm like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to, and so I went and I looked for boats and all the boats were, they're like, they're, no one had any boats on, on the showroom. There was no boats in inventory. So like, you're going to have to, they're going to have to build a boat for you. So I, I basically got the ball rolling in September to get a boat. And then it took into, and I was actually shocked by this um, because I was kind of feeling like maybe I could, you know, they, I won't have my boat until like de uh, December, but it was, uh, I got it like in the beginning of November and we had like nice weather. I was able to break the boat in. Nice. You know, I did, I, I did the break, uh, break in exactly as you're supposed to do it. And there was like 10 hours, you know, that you're supposed you to have. You put 10 hours on that motor, bro? No, without, before fishing? And yes. Well, I mean, I mean, I was like, I, because I had to do it. I'm like, I don't know how long the, the water's going to be open. You know what I mean? I'm like, I got to break this boat in right now. You don't want to so, winterize it in the middle of breaking? <laughs> no. Well, the thing is, so we got this, we got this area where it's called Red Wing, you know, south of me. It's another area of the Mississippi that has a a different warm water discharge. Okay. And so that you can take big boats on and you can fish for walleyes. And I mean, there's some big, big walleyes you can catch in the winter. So I didn't want to, I wasn't going to winterize the boat. Oh, you still wanted to anyway. do that. Okay. So I haven't got down there yet, but so that's the story of the, of the boat. It's ready to go. And I'm just looking for like a 30 degree day. Oh. No, like you get a 30 degree day it's like <clears throat> like a that's that's not a covid cough by the way <laughs> yeah, well, we're gonna need to see your vaccine it's not records. dry at all um but anyway no it's it's a it, it's it's another opportunity down there that i have that i could put a big boat on but um you know you have to find a day where it's like 30 no wind you know and then that's like you 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 hit it nice the no wind is key if it's sunny Me. and 30 it's okay yeah totally. what are really? some <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Uh, so oh, sunny uh, and dirty. Yeah, I, I say that. I say <laughs> Dude, that, like, but do I really can, actually like when it comes time for it? I probably would say something different. Yeah, I say it. Yeah, from no. Garage. If you if you got, I mean, if you've got thirty around there and no wind, and you're you know you got like ice fishing gear on, and you you've know? lived in and, and not even that. Sometimes you can, you can. What's that? And you've lived in Minnesota for the last right. many right. years. Right, right. Yeah. You're acclimated. When you live in Arizona and you get, you become a wimp when you live out here. That's you for do. sure. Yeah, so. I lived out west. I, I know it's it's a totally, it's like 50 degrees. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. Sky yeah. is falling. Yeah, it's 65 degrees here in the, and people start freaking out and grabbing their jackets. It's <laughs> just time to get the fur boots out, right? I always appreciate right. like driving by a shopping mall and seeing ladies in like fur oh, Ugg boots and it's 76 degrees. I'm like, it's winter, it's January. <laughs> 76 degrees and get Ugg boots on. Like it's it. their only chance like, to wear it. So if yeah, it's bearable, fine. they're going to do it. Yeah. Gotta, oh, yeah. It's, do it. it's cute. It's cute. Oh, I can't wait to finally wear these, uh, you know, this, we can just justify it. It's 75. It's a bit chilly. It's January. We're actually yeah. having our like knockdown drag out winter storm today, dude. This is like our only winter storm. We'll probably get all winter. So we can complain. I think it's like 51 outside and raining. So yeah, right on. It's nice. And you, get, you might get some snow in the hills. Definitely, yeah. It's yeah. snowing up up in the high country, and we yeah. need it desperately. We've yeah. went through Good. a nasty drought, so right on. Good, yeah. Good to hear. Yeah. Our deer and elk are thirsty. They are. They are. So, Greg, uh, real quick, let's touch uh, before we talk about what else you have going on, and, and we'll let you go, man. But, um, dude, hey, uh, you're gonna go fishing. It is one of those thirty degree days. How do you how how do you prepare for that? How do you dress for it? Like what? What's your system like to be comfortable? Do you have any little tricks? Like we've talked about the tricks that we use when, when, when fishing's cold, but do you have any little tricks that'll help us for uh, our, our 42 degree mornings? <laughs> I mean, one of the things that I had to, I guess, learn the hard way, I, I've, I've filmed a lot of like ice fishing uh, shows, you know? And I used to believe that, okay, well, if you're, and this might sound so, so stupid and basic, but, to me, it, it, it wasn't. I, I used to think, okay, if I keep putting more socks on, that that will make my feet warmer. You know, if, if I... You would think so. More, so I, I remember when I first started, like, filming uh, ice fishing so, shows, I'd put, like, two socks on. And then I was like, well, gosh, it's still... Uh, still my feet still seem to be cold. Then I put, like, a third sock on. I noticed it never was helping. And I was just astonished by this. So it doesn't matter how many layers of socks that you put on your feet, you'll still, your feet will still be cold. It has nothing to do with, it's the boot. It's make sure you have a good insulated boot and actually have, you don't want your, you want to have some uh, air in, you know, you don't want a tight fitting boot. You want the Dutch oven effect inside your boot. That's exactly right. That's okay. a great way to put it. So... <laughs> That's a that's a stupid little tip, and I see now they're making these like foot toe warmer things. Have you seen those things? Yeah, but dude, they got to be uncomfortable in there, right? Or, I've, or, or I've, no? I've here's another tip: don't buy them because <laughs> they don't they're not very warm. <laughs> I, I, I was like, what is with this thing? I'm not even feeling any. You know, I don't know if it's if it's a different like formula in their hand. You know, maybe they're worried that people are gonna burn their toes off or something but they're, it does not seem to be as warm as the hand warmers. I don't know. It but as far tough. as like, <clears throat> but as far as like clothing, uh, 
you know, the rest of my, what I do is I have an ice fishing suit, uh, suit from Clam. It, it was their, it's their ice armor suit. It was their edge suit. It was like their, I don't know if they make them anymore, but it was their top of the line suit. They actually gave it to me to film their webisodes. I filmed for two seasons. Um, so that's like their, it's a super warm suit. So I don't even like anything underneath that. I can like just wear a pair of jeans with long underwear, you know? Wow. And then just long underwear, maybe like a flannel shirt and, and something like this, like a sweatshirt. And then that, and I'm fine. I mean, for most situations. Now, if you got like your a, hands, that's the thing. Uh, so I've filmed a ton with um, Keith Cavias. He's a professional walleye fisherman uh, sponsored by Berkeley. You, yeah, you may have yeah. seen him. Yeah, I've, I've actually chatted with him a bunch. Yeah. So we've, I've, I've worked a ton with those guys. I, I used to work for, um, right out of college, I worked for Bass Pro Shops in their video production department. And Keith has been a, um, you know, he's been a, you know, a Bass Pro guy for forever. But, but anyway, so he, he would always, whenever I'd film with him, he would always use jersey gloves uh, for, cold, for cold water fishing or you know, cold, weather, cold yeah. weather fishing, the, the work gloves. Like okay. you go into um, Lowe's or something and they got a bag of like just cheap work gloves. You ever seen that? It's just so cheap. No, dude. Like, like, what are they made so of? What's cheap. the material? It's just like, it's almost like they're disposable gloves. It's just like a- Like, like mechanics gloves? Yeah. Yeah. yeah? It's like a, okay. just a typical like work glove. You know, like Black, you're going out- Plastic gloves? But well, yeah, well, not plastic, but just it's like um, it's like cotton. I mean, it's a okay. cotton material, but it's just very basic glove, you know, that is enough. You get enough dexterity, you know, with it, mm -hmm. but it in it. But it's also uh, keeping your fingers warm. like a barrier against the elements. Exactly. You know, so and then the thing is, too, what's nice about it after you've held fish you know, and I mean, you're, it, they're all gunked up. They're almost so much like a, they're nearly, I mean, they're kind of disposable because they're so they're cheap. cheap. You can just throw them away. So you're like, ah, that's, you know, you just throw them away. Okay. That makes so sense. That's kind of the, so that's what I, I, I do as far as my, my that is nice dude. Cause it does suck. Like if you have a pair of expensive gloves, like if you're going to go out fishing for a full day, you almost need a few pair of gloves because like, yeah you're going to get your hands wet. Like you're going to yeah. dip them. You're going to get your hands wet. And like, it's not easy to have like three, three sets of $50 gloves. Well, no, that's know? exactly right. And I think that's the other reasoning behind it, you know, is that you can just easily switch to another, another pair. You have like a bag of them, you yeah. know, so you can get, get another, you know, dry pair. That's cool. You know? yeah, I think Josh, when you let into this question, could have phrased it as, how many hand warmers do you tape on your body before you go out to, to shoot a video of an ice fishing tournament? It's like 14 on your back, 11 on your chest. Man, that's I, me. That, the me coldest too. I've I mean, ever, I, I, shot a, I shot a show in Colorado, ice fishing show for, for Clam. This is a, year, a few years ago. Actually, more than a few years now. But I, I, I filmed in negative 15 you know, oh. with, with all my equipment too. And I'm super like anal with my equipment and you know, like everything's, I just, you know, and it's so funny those temperatures, 
like your your headphone you know cord like everything becomes like super rigid and just like stuck everything you know and there's nothing uh limber everything's and your batteries are zapping quicker oh i can't imagine it's just it's like you're trying to film in outer space you know you gotta <laughs> you got this ice fishing suit on everything's off you can't bend or move like you, wow. you know or you're trying to run to a, a shack that's got a fish on and you're you know you're running through you know piles and piles of snow i mean i think about some of that how just ridiculous <laughs> some of like the stuff i've done like you know and that but the coldest was that it was like negative 15 having a i've got a, a good it. buddy in wyoming who uh has told me some pretty harrowing stories about fishing through the ice for like big lake trout right and on. uh he told me this story where it was a, a freakishly cold day like that. And I don't understand what happened, but somehow I think it was later in the year. So there had been a little thaw and then another freeze and a thaw and a freeze. And uh, dude, he has a story where he was driving his snowmobile out to the spot, you know, with a little, you know, sled or something behind it with his stuff. Dude, he ended up losing the sled through the ice because oh, there was wow. a soft spot and mm. uh, it was he real didn't dangerous. He go in, huh? Well, he, he was able to get, you know, to a hard enough edge apparently and get wow. himself out and it got pretty intense, but he's really like one of those soft spoken, minimal word type of people and yeah. in his story. I was just the whole time trying to interrupt him to add it like some salt and pepper to it. Cause it sounded like it needed to be more intense than he was telling it, but I can only imagine how cold you would have to be after taking a little swim in the drink i mean that's like moments away from death probably you ever oh, seen it yeah. fall through or uh, greg i, want to call I, you I actually yeah uh, no i i unfortunately i i know of um one of the guys that i actually filmed uh quite often for those clam webisodes uh one of the ice team members he he had actually passed away he went through the ice uh, a few years ago on, oh. on lake superior Wow. Uh, and this is a person that really knew uh, ice safety, you know, and, and he, he still went through and, and passed away. So I, I, you can't be safe enough. I see these, some of these guys trying to get out, you know, first to be out, you know, early ice. And I'm like, just, man, because I, I, worth it. it's not worth, I mean, I went to the funeral <clears throat> and it's just devastating, you know? And yeah, he, it's it's there's no such thing i mean I've, I've done shoots where um the whole uh lake is is frozen and like frozen enough where you can drive on it right with a car and birds have kept open an area of the lake like birds How? you know they just keep coming to the to the water to the section as a flock <clears throat> and they oh. just keep it open and then they might go away for a little bit, but they come right back and they keep it open. They're stirring the water up and stuff. They're just stirring the water up and they don't leave for long enough for it to get frozen. But if they did leave long enough and then you get that skim ice and you don't know the lake. Way thinner than the rest of the lake. Way thinner. And then it'll take, you know, for a while it's going to be way thinner. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't know that, you would. Just cruise right you know. into it. So there's all, I mean, you got to just. You know, you got to be very, very careful. How much of Lake Superior freezes over? That is a, um, that's a good question. There's not much of it. Just like you know? maybe some of the bays and stuff. Is yeah. that what happens? Okay. It's exactly what happens. And so, 
you can just get these crazy ice conditions where it'll be it'll be fine in the bay you know for a few days and then depending on how the wind blows from the main lake you know it can bring in it can bring in warmer water you know and kind of chip away at the ice so to speak and make it thinner or it can just blow everything out you know so it's there ice fishing on the on on lake superior just could be very very dangerous yeah it's you know i i tend i i'm more about <laughs> more about the inland waters you know yeah that makes sense uh, but you still you still have to be careful even there like just because of animals can do can can do interesting things yeah you know i've seen That's, muskrats on, on the little lake i live on keep holes open all winter <laughs> That's crazy. Just, Their body they, can do that. Uh, yeah, and they they look like they look like the Tribbles from like Star Trek. You ever, Trouble with Tribbles. You ever seen that? I mean, <laughs> sorry, dude. You guys talking no. about us, man? It's sorry. like, these, it's, <laughs> like the, it's like a it's like a creature. These little like round <clears throat> furry creatures, you know, or it looks like something from Star Wars. Like another creature. It's crazy. I I filmed them one time while they were keeping these holes open through the ice, and they'd pop up. And it was snowing, you know, and so they'd be like covered in snow. It just looks something like, I don't know, alien, very alien, otherworldly. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, like, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff that can happen on the ice, you know, with animals keeping stuff. I, so I got to be very careful. That's, dude, this is so PSA. boring to us. It's fun to talk about. So yeah. we appreciate you, your insight, man. Cause that, yeah, yeah, well, it's we, like, yeah, we, we just battle to s still go out and enjoy the outdoors and this, you know, we, so we have to, we have to drill holes. That is true. You know, the word too. It's the a ice. battle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like our yeah. equivalent is like we fish in the middle of the summer. We're going out at all hours of the night. Like, and we go, yeah. we deal with the, the stuff, you know, but it's still nothing like, like having fishing a negative 15 where your, your headphones are, are, are you know, solid yeah. rock. And, but that's, yeah. that's tougher. That's much tougher. But Yeah. You're, you're just kind of, you know, you're, I, I say it like when the air gets to a temperature here where it can kill you, you know, like you, you know, the things just get a little bit more real, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just a little bit more extreme here. Like, and when, yeah, like when it's weird to think about the air can kill you, you know, you, you have to, you know, I wouldn't matter be prepared. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. Well, Hey dude, <laughs> uh, I know you've got another show coming up. Uh, can, can you tell our listeners yeah. a little bit about your show? Cause we, we love talking to you and we had really good uh, feedback from that last episode you were on. So I, I highly encourage our listeners to check your show. Well, out. I hope they, I hope, yeah, I appreciate that. It's awesome to hear. I hope they, they have something they can forgive me a little bit today. Cause I am quite honestly hung over. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, That's but, fitting on the anglers happy hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I, f I figured you guys would understand, but hilarious. Um, <laughs> no, in 25 minutes, I'm actually going to do a podcast with my buddy, Pete Wagner. Um, and Pete and I, we, we had this idea for, I mean, years ago, I mean, it was probably 10 years ago, this idea for this, just a goofy <clears throat> fishing show where it was just, you know, two friends just tape, you know, film taping, no one tapes anybody filming each other. <laughs> no one film has film anymore either. I don't know what you call it. Recording each other. Digitally recording each other. Yeah, digitally recording each other on their fishing adventures while they document everything, whether they're 
tire gets a flat on the road to the lake, uh, who they meet at the bar before the fishing trip. Maybe they take the person they meet at the bar fishing. It's, it's like the, all this stuff that uh, happens off the water is almost as equally, maybe it's, equ yeah, I would say it's as equally important as what happens on the water. So it's like we try to focus on storylines and, you know, right. we're very self-deprecating. So it's like a, the self-deprecating buddy fishing show, I guess, is maybe the best way to <laughs> describe it. Who would it. know anything about that? Yeah. So you guys, I think, I feel like everybody, you know, most fishermen, I think if they're, you're a human fisherman, you can relate to that. So, uh, but anyway, so we did that. That was we another fishing show. We had no idea. We just, I just edited them and did, had no idea where we were going to put them, you know, or anything. Just like the idea the internet was there that we could like just have people see it that way, you know? So we did that. Um, and then we, we thought it would be fun to do a podcast. Just like, that's kind of a, um, what would you call it? A companion to that, you know, that kind of, so that, so our show is called another fishing show and our podcast is called another fishing podcast. <laughs> Perfect. Nice. And I love all, the sarcasm, dude. That's, that's right up my alley. Yeah. So, um, and so that's, that, uh, is on the angling uploaded uh youtube channel is where you can find the show and uh, another fishing show so angling uploaded our concept there is that angling uploaded is like a network and we have all our stuff in within that ne network so if you go uh search youtube angling uploaded you'll find our stuff there even uh clips from our uh another fishing podcast we have had, you know, Anglin uploaded face, uh, face, uh, book and Instagram, all that fun stuff. Um, and then, uh, the, uh, another fishing podcast is on, I'm really amazed by this. Like I finally, you know, got this podcast back up and running and just like, I use this, um, this Buzzsprout application to help me like, you know, get the podcast out there. Uh -huh. But it's just like amazing how it's actually pretty easy to start up a podcast and like get it out to all the, you know, the, you know, the Spotify's and the, uh, the Apple podcasts and everything. So anyway, my point to all this is that um, it's everywhere now. So you, the, you can find the, the podcast on all the major uh, podcasting platforms. So another fishing podcast. Nice. Heck yeah. And how often once a week? For the podcast. Yeah, we're doing this once a week. I mean, I just need to kind of get my bearings and see, you know, if, if, uh, I mean, I feel like once a week is doable. So that's what we're, we've, we've committed to. Um, and if we can do more, we'll, we'll do more. But right now we're, uh, we're weekly once, once a week. Awesome. That's great, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a well, lot of fun. And, and by the way, uh, your, the podcast I did with you, will be up i'm gonna put that up next week so awesome yeah awesome. and yeah i've been kind of waiting holding on to that one for a little bit so hey when we have one that that doesn't go great we usually hold on to it and then use it on a bad <laughs> week so i see i see no i was just like i'm just waiting for the right time i honestly it's, no that's totally it's, cool. and it's kind of evergreen content you know it's it's kind of like as long as we talk a little bit about winter fishing but i you know i can't get you know i gotta release it within winter but right but no it's but it, everything else is kind of like evergreen kind of content where it's just it works kind of 
you know, it's, it's more broad. So I'm, it's, I'm, it's ready to drop next week. I like Ooh. it. I like it. Right yeah. on. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. It's a great conversation. You guys, you guys check all those out. And uh, do you guys have anything else for Greg before we let him run and uh, go get some Gatorade or something? Get hydrated. <laughs> get an yeah, IV. Get this oh, man, man an IV. Sure <laughs> oh my goodness. What was the drink of choice last night? That's what I want to know. I'm a, I, you know, I'm a, this is weird. So I'm, I'm kind of a bloody Mary guy. Like nice. I don't care what time of the day it is. You know, I'm not kind of, I'm a, I'm a huge bloody Mary fan. <laughs> and so, but, it, and I love it now that everybody's got just ready to made mixes, you know? So it's not like you're asking the bartender for too much, you know, because before there was like a lot of base mixes, just easy to, you know, over the counter, like the bartenders would freak. You know, especially if you ask for one at night. I remember one time I asked a bartender, he's like, it's like I called him a bad name or something. Because yeah. he, he just had to huh? mix everything. Okay, now I gotta, I'm like, I was like, oh, God, no. I just, if I was just, I, I didn't know you didn't have any mix. But anyway, yeah, Bloody Marys. I love Bloody Marys. Cool, right on. Well, man, thank you for uh, introducing me to the concept of dutch ovening inside of my rain boots too that that's going to go a long ways for me so i appreciate that yeah, my pleasure yeah thanks awesome, guys no Greg. i've really enjoyed it man thanks for asking me well thanks dude we uh we'll talk to you again soon hopefully and i'll i'll see you in a couple weeks at uh the first tournament man i'm looking forward to it yeah me too man me too Hey, thanks again for listening, guys. Uh, big thanks to Greg for coming on, as always. Had a blast talking to him. Uh, make sure to check out his podcast as well. Um, don't forget about the contest. You can check it out on all of our platforms, like I said, YouTube, Instagram, or the iTunes review section. Drop us a question, get entered, and have a great week. Thanks, guys. <laughs>